Boy, we're coming up on episode 200, episode 196 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Eric Fisher fits that bill, that's for sure. He's done it all. He is a renowned and respected stylist who's received awards and conducts classes all over the world. He also runs successful and profitable salons. He created Eric Fisher Academy to teach others how to be great stylists and how to run their own businesses, developing another generation of entrepreneurs. Eric joins me for episode 196 of the podcast. This is a fascinating story. Don't go anywhere. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Mental health has been an important topic in Wichita over the last few years. How do we find a way to treat those with mental health and keep them out of the legal system? One local family wants to create a behavioral health campus in Wichita. Our coverage begins on page 12. Also this week, our monthly feature on women who lead. This time it's women who lead in financial services. Great profiles on them. That begins on page 16. This week's list, Wichita area fundraising events. Those events took a big hit during the pandemic and you want to see the changes. That's on page eight. We have never strayed from our mission to provide you business intelligence you can use to grow your business. Every week we publish our lead section, bankruptcies, new real estate deals, building permits, new corporations who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 22. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Eric Fisher is a well-known name in Wichita, actually around the country and around the world. Dozens of awards for things he's done in his industry and in business. He and his organization were named Best in Business in Wichita. He was one of our executives of the year. He's another Wichita story about building from a small operation into a series of very successful organizations. I'll ask Eric about each of those, but first, Eric, welcome. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, Bill. Thanks for having me. Describe how you first got interested in being a hairstylist. Well, you know, that is an interesting story. Uh, my, uh, my mother actually uh, was one of the only children in her family to go to college. She went to Penn State. Uh, both my parents are from back east. Graduated uh, magna cum laude with a literature degree, but always wanted to be a hairdresser. And so she went, when she met my father, he was in the military. He dropped out of school at the age of 14 and uh, <clears throat> was in the, uh, in the Army. He was actually an MP way at the end of World War II, but uh, he took an intelligence test. They found out he was probably better suited for the Air Force. So he became a, uh, a pilot, and, uh, and he just loved it and became the chief test pilot in Boeing, Wichita. He got an engineering degree in, uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where I was born. And uh, we moved around quite a bit because he was military. And then my mother always wanted to be a hairdresser. So she uh, decided to uh, open a place, went to school, open a place called Aristocrat Hair for Men and Women. And as a kid, I used to go in and watch her. And I always found it so inspiring that people loved her so much. I mean, she'd do their hair, they'd hug her and kiss her and thank her. And then they'd pay her. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. You get this love and this appreciation, and then you make some money at it. What could be better than that? Now, my dad was always a tough guy. And I mean, a tough guy, 6'3", 230, you know, mean, lean fight machine. And uh, 
I said, Dad, I went to college for a year as a music major, and, uh, and I loved school, but uh, I, I knew I wasn't the best. I always wanted to be really good at something. So he said, well, if you're really interested in hairdressing, let me take you over to London, because there's a guy named Vidal Sassoon that's setting the world on fire, and he's famous. I'd never heard of him. I had no interest in hair other, other than that time I went to college. I just knew, knew it, it looked like a good alternative. So I went to London, and then I saw people from around the world, uh, you know, coalescing in such a, a positive tribal way and doing such great things with hair that I, I just drank the Kool-Aid, and it was fun. And, uh, you know, from there, I, I you know, got jobs, uh, uh, you know, all over, all over the world, you know, London, Paris, Greece, Turkey, you name it. I, I have worked on, uh, you know, magazine campaigns and, and uh, shoots and just loving it. You know, can't, can't believe I'm making money doing this. I'm with beautiful women, having so much fun. Uh, it was great. And then, I, I, you know, I don't know if I should go on, but uh, my, my girlfriend was back in Wichita and I had this great job in New York City for a very famous guy. And, uh, and uh, I had a big show to do in Italy. So I said to my wife, I said, listen, or to my girlfriend, I said, let's go to Italy and get married. I, I've got a big show there. And so we did. We actually got married in the Vatican of Rome. And it was wow. No, it was just outstanding. I had all these models and producers and directors and no parents because nobody could really afford to come out there. But uh, it was great. But she didn't want to move to New York City. And, and I loved it. And But she was you know, uh, uh, categorical about it. So she cast a, a spell on me and said, listen, I'm, I'm not doing this. So you got to come back. We'll open a salon. I go, I know nothing about business. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what, you know, uh, long-term debt is, cash flow, inventory, any of that. Uh, but uh, she was a lot smarter than I was. And uh, so we did it and, and we just grew our company from there. So that's kind of the abridged story of how I got into this industry. Well, describe that process of, of your career from owning your own salon to then expanding, owning more than one, creating the academy, that sort of thing. Describe how that process came about. Well, you know, I, I wish I could tell you I had a master plan, but I didn't. We started with, uh, you know, four people, uh, my wife being the guest service uh, person. And, and we trained everybody. It was very old fashioned. You had to apprentice. You still do. For the fact, you know, we have over 150 people and every hairdresser in my company has been through the apprentice program. And it's a tough program and they have to pass a test that takes about two years. And it was very successful. So we were getting wonderful people. And I was cutting, you know, everybody's hair, you know, Phil Ruffin, Tom Devlin, Frank Carney, uh, Jamie Coulter is still a dear friend uh, of mine to this day. And they would, we would talk business. And, and all of a sudden I was going to business school and I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know, I kind of get excited about things. And once I get focused, Bill, I'm just, I'm on it. So I read everything they recommended. Uh, I read it. I understood most of it too. I realized I was smarter than I thought that I thought I was. And uh, so we just said we put together strategies and, and uh, we took the variation out of everything we did. We made it very systematic and we had so many people. We looked at the production per chair. We just realized it was time to expand. So, you know, we expanded, we expanded, we expanded. And by that time, we just weren't happy with, you know, what was coming out of the beauty schools because we'd have to retrain them. So um, I decided to open a school. I went to the best schools in uh, America. I hired a consultant, the smartest woman I knew, and I said, we want to make this the best school in America. 
and uh, and we did. We have we have students ten over ten percent of our students from New York and from Los Angeles and from Chicago and all over the country, New Orleans. They come to our school, and so that grew great. And then um, we realized that there wasn't a really uh, 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 salient. Uh, business program that, that was being taught. So we developed something called Prosper You. And uh, well, I hired the best. Once again, I always believe, get the best people, people that are smarter than you, you know? You bet. I don't think I'm that smart, but I hire really good people. So we hired all these educators. We said, how do you teach to kids today? And, you know, hairdressers tend to be a little capricious and just a little, you know, uh, they're not real into business, let's say. so. Uh, how do you teach them to know the numbers? They count their Instagram likes, their steps, all that, but the, the numbers to them are the most important things to their career. So we figured out a way to make it engaging and good. And well, we hired videographers and now we have a production company with two videographers. We've got writers, producers, and we, we produce content for, for beauty schools. And that business has really taken off. So we have a digital uh, version of it. We have about, I think there's 8,000 kids right now that are using our program. And it's great. We just launched an app uh, last year. We just launched a financial literacy course with uh, with somebody in Tennessee. She's We were Dave Ramsey partners, but this, this girl is great. It's just, she did it just for our industry. And uh, it's a four-hour program, which will just uh, be in addition to Prosper You. So we, Prosper You has lots of you know, sidebars and side courses. And I'm just having so much fun with it. I got to tell you, I've got the most amazing group of individuals and we don't turn our people over. You know, we've got a, our corporate headquarters is at our school. Prosper U is down on Commerce Street and we have four locations with the salons. And I got to tell you, I, I, like Danny Myers with his restaurants in New York, he said, I want to be able to walk to every one of them. Well, I can't walk to them, but I'm close. And, and, and I keep in contact with my staff, with my people, because uh, I truly enjoy them tremendously. And they are great. They have the same level of dedication and commitment to excellence and standards that I do. And I think when, when you have like-minded people that are unconditionally committed to a certain set of values, then it's, it's a lot easier to grow your business and taking the variation out, doing the same thing each and every way. That's the way we teach the, the, the kids at Prosper U. These are folks who are not just learning a craft and then going to work for somebody else. You're equipping them with, with tools far beyond just the scissors and the razors. You've got them equipped to handle their own business where maybe at a lot of other places, they just don't get that kind of education. You know, Bill, I, I think it's uh, just uh, uh, so important and, and we also teach etiquette, how to say, please, thank you, look them in the eye, mention their name. And, and we teach all of that in this, in this course. So uh, I think when we, when we, we have a sales force uh, and when we go into schools, we say we can in increase your cash flow, we'll increase your enrollments. Uh, this program pays for itself. It's about $225 a student with a hard copy and about 175 for the digital copy. And we probably had close to 100,000 kids go through it so far. So, and, and like I said, we reinvest a lot of the money back into the company to, to uh, create more programs, more value for our user groups. And uh, we've hardly lost any beauty schools at all. We did during the Obama era, simply because of gainful employment, a lot of 
uh, for-profit schools closed down, unfortunately. So we lost a few schools then, but they completely closed their doors. But our retention for our schools has just been phenomenal. Talk about, uh, I'm fascinated by you're getting a business degree uh, while there are people in your chair. Talk about that a little bit more. And uh, what was some of the advice that those guys like Phil Ruffin and, and, and people like him gave you? Well, uh, just, you know, how to manage people a little bit and how to really, uh, I remember Jamie Coulter used to call me uh, in the middle of the night and say, hey, I'm going to be in tomorrow morning at five. I get my plane gets in at five. Can you cut my hair at 515? I'll go, sure. <laughs> and sometimes I'd meet him at midnight and my wife would always wonder, who is this Jamie guy? Is he really a guy or is he a girl? Right. So I'd go in, he'd bring a couple bottles of Fartiente or something. We would drink, the haircut would cost two hours. We'd talk about mission, vision, things that are really important to you. What's the most important thing, your core values? And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and what, how do you, you know, what do you stand for? And what's your strategy for every value has to have a strategy. So, you know, whether it's fun, you know, you've got to have theme-based days and, and picnics and cookouts, you, you've got to have a strategy. So we talked about that. And I actually spoke to his group a, a few times uh, at, at Lone Star. And uh, we're just talking depth about things. And, and what are the challenges and the constraints that businesses have today? Where are the bottlenecks? And you know, what can you do? What does long-term debt look like? And, you know, and, and I became, you know, somewhat of an expert with financials and all that. And, you know, you, it, it was great. And, and I've got to say, I was a willing student and, and I'm a voracious reader. So I, I just, uh, I read everything that these guys recommended. Frank Carney, I, I love Frank. He, he was like, well, man, I've had a lot of failures, you know, but I've learned from each and every one of them. And, you bet. It was great advice, you know. Don't be afraid to fall on your ass because it's going to happen. You know, right. you, you learn more from what you do wrong than from what you do right. And I have made a lot. I've made. I've lost a lot of money on projects I thought were going to be fabulous, and and nobody wanted them. So, you know, you live and learn. I don't have any big regrets about it. But no risk, no reward. That's for that's sure. right. That's right. Well, talk about the last year or so. How have you and your businesses? dealt with this pandemic certainly at the beginning it was a complete shutdown for for your folks talk about that well you know i was all all forward at first and then uh, uh i don't know it it really it it hurt i'll tell you what we we borrowed or with ppp i think we got close to two million dollars and that helped tremendously our rents are high um, it, it was tough. Uh, my staff, you know, I was worried about them. We have a great HR department with a couple people. So we, we furloughed 130 people, I think. And, and we did the, you know, all the paperwork, we helped them out tremendously. So I think they saw the value of working for a, a company like ours that, that really cares and that, that will help everybody. Uh, and it was tough. I've got to tell you, I bought the thousand dollar sprayers. We did everything right. Uh, I was on a few committees and, I was, you know, just, uh, you know, this is a non-negotiable. You're going to wear the mask. We're going to do this. Everybody's got to be in compliance. Here are the rules. And, and a couple of clients were very upset with it, you know, that they had to wear masks. But I said, listen, th this is just what we do. And we lost some people from it. And we're still down probably 25, maybe 30% in all companies, except for Prosper U. Uh, and it's slowly coming back. I mean, business is better. Um, I, I gave everybody 
three weeks paid vacation. All my, my people that uh, were on the top level, I extended their commissions. So I made sure financially that they were back to where they were. And I felt great about that. Uh, so, you know, it's been tough. I, I don't like these draconian measures. I, I can see what they've done in California and New York. I have lots of friends that have closed their business uh, forever. And 30% and of, of stylists in the industry are dropping out forever. They don't want to do this anymore. They're done. And so there's going to be a definite labor shortage in my industry, which, you know, hopefully the schools can pick up the slack. But uh, it is, it's, it's changed us. And, and, and I just look at it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the vicissitudes of life. Things are going to happen. You can't control them. I've got a very positive mindset, as you know, it might sound pedestrian, but I look at everything as I try to reframe everything. You and, bet. Uh, it's hard to do, but, but that's my attitude. And we've lost maybe two or three people during this whole thing and, and not more than that. So I'm very thankful to my team that uh, they've stayed loyal and good and they're, st they're still in the game. I think you have to have a positive attitude just to keep going through something that's that challenging, like a, a pandemic or anything else. Oh, unbelievable. At the same time, uh, my daughter, my 26 year old daughter in San Francisco, they discovered she had this uh, unbelievably uh, uh, heart challenge, acute heart pain. Oh. They couldn't find out what it was. And she ended up with open heart surgery with one of the greatest surgeons that does this called a myocardial bridge. And she's fine now, but but it was it was a life and death there for a long time. So I flew out to San Francisco during the pandemic and stayed with her and took care of her for about a month. And, uh, you know, thank God she's OK. I mean, she still will have a, a few challenges uh, for the next couple of years, but she is, you know, hopefully live a long life. And you bet. And, uh, so it was, you know, it was a very challenging time for us. And I just had to keep my equanimity about me and, and read a lot of good things to keep my mind in the right place. And, uh, you know, you just can't sit still. You have to make those adjustments. You have to keep moving forward. You can't be about stagnation and stillness. And, and, and you've got to be about movement and change. Right. And, and I try to live by that. What part of your career is giving you the most satisfaction? Uh, I think when you've got a student, I've got a, 163 students right now. And some of them, you know, Pizza Hut families, the kids got more money than you can imagine. And they're, you know, they're great. But some of these kids that work a job or they drive from McPherson, Kansas. And, you know, you know, I like I'm very idealistic. And 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 our, our just by the way, our loan default rate is like three percent. the lowest in the nation. Graduation rate, placement rates highest in the country. So seeing these kids that might not have had a chance otherwise or their parents, you know, uh, call me and say, you know, we, we, we've never had anything. And this is our daughter's chance to extricate herself from, from this situation that she was born into. And we appreciate what you're doing, Mr. Fisher. Nothing is more heartfelt and feels better than knowing that you can influence and change people's lives with what you do. It's, it's, it's a magnificent feeling. So I'd say that, you know, that's probably the best. I mean, Bill, I love just cutting somebody's hair. I, right. I still stay behind the chair two days a week, not because I have to, but because I want to. You know, I cut uh, uh, Coulter's hair the other day. You know, I uh -huh. love my clients. You know, I've got, I've had the same clients now for 20 years. I don't think anybody do. And they go, Fisher, what are you still doing cutting hair? I go, you know what? I love it. I love yep. being in the trenches. And if I'm, I'm, I'm going to intrinsically understand this industry, I've got to be at the, at the core of it. And, right. and I really enjoy it. You've accomplished so much. What else do you want to do? Well, I just had a book, a photographic book 
come out. And I'm really proud of that. That's been about five years in the making. So I've uh, taken up photography and uh, I've studied with some of the best here in the United States. And now I think I'm, I'm, my work is kind of speaks for itself. Uh, it's, it's getting to that level where it's a little bit more uh, uh, highly acclaimed than it was. So I just, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy that. It's a good hobby. I love reading. Uh, I, you know, I think Prosper U has got so, so many uh, opportunities and we, uh, you know, we kind of get the team together and throw paint on the wall. We have all these, you know, think sessions, think tank sessions, and there's so much that we can do. We just don't have the time or manpower or anything else. So it's just hard to do everything you want. There's so many wonderful things in life, you know. What's the name of the book and where can we find it? Well, it, we actually, it's in print right now. I, it's self-published. It's called In, in View. And it's just, a, it's a, I, I uh, partnered with a guy named John Hammer, who's a wonderful illustrator. He's an IT guy out at uh, WSU right now, but uh, he's fabulous. So he put the book together and did some wonderful illustrations full of uh, photographs. But uh, hopefully we'll make it available and uh, you can buy any of our stuff. We have books and tapes and tons of stuff we do. It's all on the Prosper U website. So Prosper U Pro or My Prosper U and you can uh, you can just see what we do on that uh, on that particular website. We will be watching for that, and we want to write about it in the business journal as soon as oh, it comes out. So we'll stay in touch with you. Eric Fisher, congratulations on all your success and all your hard work. Thanks for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. I would love to, Bill. Thanks for, thanks for having me, and what a joy it's been to, to see you again and to talk to you. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, we hope you're doing well. Wear a mask, keep your distance, avoid crowds, wash your hands, sacrifice now, and we can avoid more shutdowns. That's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 196. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.